Well, what is up 12 o'clock? You guys are the party people. Party people coming to the late service this morning. Well, welcome to the sauna that we like to call our Pompano Beach campus. Um, we thought that the air was fixed last week. They told us that it was, but apparently when we walked in today, it was not. So glad you guys could have fans with the worship guides this morning just to cool off yourself and your neighbor. But my name is Shayla. I'm actually Pastor TJ's wife and I'm really excited to get to share with you guys a message today. But before we get started, I don't know about you, but I am so thankful that the devastation that Matthew was didn't happen here in our community. You know what? I feel so blessed and so lucky, even though like we all did these preparations and all of those different things. It's such a blessing not to have to walk through the devastation that comes with that. And how many of you guys are excited just to have a few days off? I mean, that was kind of nice for a few days. But the reality is there's still a lot of people that are devastated by this storm. There's people in Haiti. There's people north of here. And our thoughts and our prayers are going out to them. So please, in, in the light of, you know, it misses us, realize that there's a lot of people that are suffering and that they're walking through a difficult time right now. And Here's what I did realize, though, in sitting at home, and there's nothing to do when there's a hurricane. I mean, you don't want to go outside. Like, the roads are closed down and all this kind of stuff. They're telling you, stay indoors. Well, the only thing that there is to do is, like, watch movies and, like, scroll through social media. And so I'm sitting on my, at my house, and I'm just bored to death, and I'm scrolling through my social media feed, and here's what I realized. People do ridiculous things when they are bored. They do, I mean, in the middle of the storm, I see people like out at the beach, like acting like they're newscasters with their phone, like selfieing themselves and, oh my gosh, the winds are like 150 miles an hour and they're, you know, out there being the newscaster for themselves. I actually, one of my friends lives in Jacksonville and she was in her house videoing her husband and it was in like the eye of the storm and he is literally outside, trees falling, branches going in the wind and that is exactly what he's doing with his phone is like showing everybody what he's in, standing outside. I'm like, dude, people are risking their life and you're standing outside acting like the weatherman but people do ridiculous things when they're bored and a hurricane comes, And so I'm scrolling through my social media feed and all of a sudden I realize that there's another thing that people take to when they're bored on the internet and it's internet pranking. I started scrolling through my feed and I see Kyle, who is our worship leader at our Pompano Beach campus. He was just up here a few minutes ago. Uh, other people must have saw this, but I see everybody taking this photo of Kyle and making it their, their profile picture. And it's like this pose that Kyle has of like the most interesting man in the world. And, and every, so I'm scrolling through my feed and I'm so confused because Kyle's picture is everywhere. And I'm like, gosh, I, I don't even know who's posting stuff because it's all Kyle. And then they got bored with changing their profile picture and they started taking the picture and making it a meme. Like, these people were so bored during this hurricane that they start. I mean, hey, girl, can I have your number for my prayer list? Like, I mean, all of it, take it down because people will just read those all day long and they won't focus on me. But I mean, people were so, but here's the thing I know about mockery. Sometimes mockery is the best flattery 
Because here's the deal. Every single person knows about Kyle LaForge now. And Kyle LaForge is a popular dude. So when people will start mocking you and making fun of you and making you their profile pics, it means that you have arrived. And let me tell Kyle is single. If anybody, you know, yeah, anyways. So people do ridiculous things when they're bored in a hurricane. It really has nothing to do with my message, but it was just kind of a current event and something that was happening in the boredness and the craziness of what people do on the internet during a hurricane. But anyways, most of us want our life to mean something, don't you think? Like we walk through our life and the majority of us want to have some sort of impact on the people around us, whether it's our kids, whether it's our friends, whether it's in our job, most of us want to have some sort of meaning and impact in life. The problem is, we don't really know how to do that or to get that. How am I supposed to get there? I mean, we've all heard for most of, most of our life, God has a purpose for you. God has a plan for your life. And you hear that so many times, but then you sit there and you go, yeah, but how do I know what it is? I don't know what to do. And so we keep doing the same things over and over and over again, hoping that someday they'll find meaning. So we just keep going and we think, well, one day I'll be happy or one day I'll have enough money or one day I'll make an impact on the people around me. Yet we continue to do the same things over and over again, hoping that something different, a different outcome will come out of it. And we want things to be different and better, but yet we're continuing to go through and do the same things. But here's what I've realized. To get progress sometimes you have to change the process. You know, and there's so many of us, we want progress in our life. We want significance. We want change. We want to make an impact. But if we want those things in our life that haven't been taking place, we have to begin to change the process of what we're doing. See, you may have been sitting through this series called Immeasurably More. And you may be like, man, that's great. God can do immeasurably more. You keep reading that scripture every weekend. God can do immeasurably more than anything that we could ask or think. But maybe you're sitting there and you're going, but Shayla, I've never seen God do immeasurably more in my life. And here's what I say. Maybe, just maybe it's time to do something different than you've, than you've always done. So you have to begin to, to change the way that you look at things. And I think God wants to use each and every one of us as individuals to do some pretty incredible things. If we could just realize that each one of us collectively, if we played our part, we would begin to accomplish incredible things for God. And I truly believe that this world would be a very different place. And I think if we collectively just took ownership and said, you know what, I'm going to make a difference today. And a difference doesn't have to be something that you think is significant, like, you know, going out and being a missionary or planting a church or, you know, doing something like that. Significant sometimes is in the very little things of encouraging a coworker or stopping on the side of the road to help somebody in a car. That is the purpose sometimes that God has created you for in that moment. And I think that so many times we as individuals can be the greatest limiter of God in our own life. 
See, I don't know about you, but I'm somebody, I see all the problems. I'm not going to lie. Any, any people that just see the problems so many times, a few of you. I can look at a situation, I'm like, oh my gosh, we can't do that because this might happen and then this might happen and oh my gosh, if I go here, what if this person says this and then does this and I just constantly see the problems and it drives my husband bonkers. I mean, where's all the husbands out there that go, oh my gosh, yes, please stop doing that. But there, I see the problem in every single thing. I even go to bed at night and I would be so tired, but I'll lay there and my mind won't shut off. And I will lay in bed for hours thinking about my next day. When I go into this meeting, what if they say this? And then what am I going to say if they say that? And then if they do this and, and what am I going to do? And if I, if I go in and what if the bank account says this and I need this and like problems just constantly going through my head that I can't sleep. Anybody feel like that sometimes? Yeah. You know, I was scrolling through Instagram, or not Instagram, Pinterest the other day, and I saw this little saying, and it said, I have 99 problems, and 98 of them are completely made up scenarios that will never happen in my life. And I was like, yes, that is me. But see, we have to begin to look at some things a little bit differently. And in Ephesians 3, 20 and 21, which is the verse that we've built this series off of, it says this, it says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. It says to him who is able. It says it's his power that's working within us. It says to him be the glory. See, when God does immeasurably more in our life, it's not so that we get the glory, it's so that he does. And I think that there's so many of us that miss out on God's immeasurably more in our life because we're so focused on us. And if we really want to see God begin to do immeasurably more and that begin to play out in our life, there's a few things that I think we need to do. And the first thing that really, really matters if we want to see immeasurably more begin to happen is our perspective. See, I think God wants our perspective to be more about building his kingdom than it is about building ours. And there's so many of us, myself included, that is so concerned about my situation and my circumstances and all of these things. And I am missing God's immeasurably more because I'm so focused on me. When it says to him who is able, it's his power. To him be the glory. That has nothing to do with Shayla and what I want and what I need. See, we tend to get focused on our comfort and our security and all of these different things that we miss out on the immeasurably more moments because we've limited our perspective of what God intended our life to be. Have you guys ever been around a naysayer? Like, I mean, sometimes they're the worst people to be around. But I'm one of them, again. If my husband was here, he would be saying amen. But I'm a naysayer, so you could tell me like this huge vision that you have for your life. And again, because I see the problems, somebody could say in the last service, they were like, oh, you could build a wall. And so I'm like, okay, if you have a vision to build a wall, you don't have enough bricks to build a wall. 
You don't know how to build a wall. You've never built a wall. You don't have the tools required to build a wall. How do you think you're going to build a wall? I understand that God gave you a vision to build the wall, but you don't have anything that you need. And, and we walk around with people like that in our life that, you know, we were like, we can do this, but they're like, oh, I don't, I don't think you can do that. I don't think you can do that. And so we walk around with this fear, this insecurity, or this perspective so many times that we're limited in what we can do. TJ and I went to, to Africa on a missions trip earlier this year. And once you, it's expensive to go to Africa, but once you get to Africa, when you're traveling in the country, it is inexpensive. And so we decided we're going to go on this mission, mission trip. And then after the mission trip, we're going to take some time and we're going to go on vacation. And we're going to go to Cape Town. And Cape Town, let me tell you, is the most beautiful place that I have ever been. They have what they call the seven wonders of Africa. And it is amazing. They have this thing called Table Mountain and it is really, really high and it overlooks the bay and, and, and Cape Town. It's probably the highest that I have ever gone in my life. And it was terrifying. And then we went to the southernmost part of Africa where two oceans come together and it's the most south that you can get on the continent of Africa. And I remember going to the end of it and I was like, oh my gosh, I have this opportunity to like be at the southernmost tip of Africa. And TJ literally is on the edge of this cliff like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. This is crazy. And I'm back over here going, yeah, that's awesome. You do that. Because fear was constantly clouding my perspective of what was possible or what I could do because I was too scared to go to the edge. And I decided, you know what? Enough is enough. I am doing this. And I sat down and I just kind of scooted over to the edge, backed myself up, took my camera out, southernmost tip of Africa. And I went back. But here's the deal. I'll always be able to have a story that I, hung, that I hung over the edge of the southernmost part of Africa. But see, so many times, fear and wrong perspective limit what God can do in our own life. And so many of us walk around with the wrong perspective. See, we don't see our potential. We don't see our influence or our circumstances with the perspective that God has. And what this verse here is saying, it says, according to his power, at work within you. His power at work within you. And what that tells me is you can be a limiter of God's power. And God wants to do immeasurably more. He's, he is capable of doing immeasurably more in your life. But because of our limited perspective of what God can do, we limit what he can accomplish through us. Here's what I want to tell you today. Don't be a limitation. Be a tool of transformation. Because God has designed you with a purpose, and that purpose might just be in daily interactions of making a difference that can transform someone's life. But yet so many times we walk around limiting God's use of us because I'm too scared. What if they think I, what if I say the wrong thing? What if I do the wrong thing? Limits God. And what he wants to encourage with somebody else that's around us. See, be the one who sees the potential and not the problem. See, God is changing that so much in me right now. Recently, TJ and I bought a house 
And as we were kind of on our house hunt and our house search, we were, we had our budget and we were going around and we're like, oh my gosh, we have all these things that we want and it's going to be amazing. We're going to find this amazing house. And then our realtor sent us a list of houses in our budget and we're like, this is so amazing. Our budget isn't allowing us to afford what we think we want. And so as we're going around and we're looking, we get to this house and we walk in and there's this like smell and it smelled like they probably had animals just running all over the place in this place. The walls were filthy. I mean, it was, it was disgusting. And I walked in and TJ walked in and we just kind of walked around the house a little bit like this. And as we're walking around, we just kind of looked at each other and we were like, this has potential. And I remember our realtor kind of, what? And this house had been on the market for, for a very long time because most people that walked into that house saw the problems and not the potential. And we ended up getting a better deal at a better price, being able to turn it into the, the house that we wanted because it put it within our budget because we saw potential and not the problem. See, it's all about our perspective in life. And I think immeasurably more begins to happen when we gain a new perspective on our life and the meaning that we are living for. But the next thing that we have to do is we have to gain understanding of what it is that we possess when we have God's power working within us. Because that verse says, according to God's power at work within you. So how do I understand better the power that I possess to accomplish the things that God wants me to accomplish? In Ephesians 1, 19 and 20, this is even before that verse came into existence, Paul is saying, I also pray that you would understand the incredible greatness of God's power for you who believe. It's the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in a place of honor at the right hand in the heavenly realm. See, when we don't understand what we have, when we have Christ, we are limited. But when we have an understanding of the power that we possess, the power that raised Christ from the dead, the power that is living inside of us, there is nothing that we can't do. In Philippians 4, 13, it says, I can do all things through who? Christ, who strengthens me. See, we have to realize this amazing power that is available to us, that strengthens us, that empowers us to accomplish the things that God has placed before us. And when we don't have that understanding, we limit what God can do through us. Have you guys ever seen a tool or an instrument or anything and you looked at it and you're like, I have no idea what that's for. It happens to me all the time. TJ, how do you, what is this? But here's the deal. When you possess a tool, when you have a tool in your hand but you have no idea the use of it, it limits the function of that tool. And that's what so many of us walk around doing. We possess this incredible tool that God has given us. But because we don't understand it, we limit the power that God can use through us. I remember if, uh, several years ago when TJ and I were back in Bradenton, another house story, we were, we were working on a house that we had bought. 
And TJ was a trim carpenter. He had a, he had a business that would go in and do crown molding and case outdoors and do cabinets and all that in these million-dollar homes. And so he would go in, and this is his job, his business, and all that, and he would do it. So we were going to put crown molding in our house because TJ knew how to do it. And so he was up on the ladder, and he's doing all this stuff, and I'm like supervisor. And I'm standing there, and I'm just looking at it. I'm like, TJ, I, now, mind you, I have never put together crown molding in my life. I was like, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> nope, that's not where you put the nail. That's not how you cut it. What are you doing? You're, you're messing, you're doing it wrong. And he waited for me to have my little rant. And he just looked at me very sweetly. And he goes, Shayla, if I put this up the way that you're telling me, it will be upside down. And I was like, oh. And I never talked to him about crown molding again <laughs> in my life. I'm just like, okay, hey, you go for it. Because, because I didn't understand, I would have been limited in what I could do. And I would have jacked it up. But see, when we have an understanding of the power that we possess, it changes everything. See, if you want God to do immeasurably more in your life, take time to read the manual and understand the tool that you possess. Because we possess the power of a living God that has the opportunity and the, the power to transform any situation, any circumstance. But we have limited understanding of what he can do. And when we gain understanding, it changes everything. And so many times we walk through life and we go, but God, I can't, I can't do, I don't have the money to do that. Look, my, my marriage is falling apart. I'm in, I'm in no place to do that. I don't, I don't have a job or things aren't going well at home. And we make all of the excuses and then things that we don't have so we can't do what God is asking us to do. But it's not about the things that you don't have. It's about the one thing that you do have. And when you realize what you possess in Christ's power at work within you, you don't need anything else. See, it changes everything. But the more we gain understanding about what we possess, we have a greater responsibility to use what he's given us. Who said... Great power comes great responsibility. Superman, Spider-Man, like I forget who? Spider-Man? Okay. With great power comes great responsibility. And it's so true in our life when, when we understand the power that we possess with Christ's power working inside of us, the greater responsibility that we have to use that. In Colossians 1.29 it says, that's why I work and struggle so hard, depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. See, what this person is talking about right here is he's out there and he's reaching people and he's trying to make a difference. He's not trying to build a career. He's not trying to, to do all of these other things. What he's doing is trying to win people. And he's like, that's why I'm working so hard because it matters. 
And that's why I have to rely on Christ within me because apart from him, I can't do anything and I don't even know my right foot from my left foot or where I'm going. But see, when God does immeasurably more, it's always about people. Because our life isn't meant just to serve us. It's always about others. And when we make it about us, we totally miss the point of what God wants to do in us and through us. And many times we miss out on the immeasurably more that he wants for our life. See, the more understanding we gain, the more responsibility grows. And a lot of us, we don't experience immeasurably more. So many times I don't experience immeasurably more that God has for my life because we aren't even responsible for the areas that we do understand. You know, it's, God has been rocking my world as I'm studying this message and just going to kind of share something with you guys that has challenged me because I haven't, I don't have it figured out. And I fall short every single time. And I think so many of us say that we're Christians, but I would ask even myself, where's the responsibility of my faith? You know, Christ saved us. He rescued us from eternity in hell. And maybe that doesn't seem like much for your life, but let me tell you, the life that we're living right now is but a blip in eternity. And so many of us live for the moment rather than living for eternity. And we're so concerned with the things that are happening in our life now. The reality is that most of our faith is something we say and not something that we do. And I, I, like you guys, I'm preaching to myself because I fall short all the time. And I think, well, maybe if I, if I say I'm a Christian or I do these things, maybe that's enough. But I think when we just say it, we're missing out on the incredibly, immeasurably more that God wants to do. You know, as I was preparing for this message, I just Googled, what is a Christian? And you know, some crazy stuff came up. But anytime you Google a question, there's this one website that comes up and it says it's gotquestions.org. And so I just typed in what is a Christian and I want to read you guys what came back to me because I it made me think. And it said this, a dictionary definition of a Christian would be something similar to a person professing belief in Jesus as the Christ or in the religion based on the teachings of Jesus. While this is a good starting point, like many dictionary definitions, it falls somewhat short of really communicating the biblical truth of what it means to be a Christian. See, the word Christian is used three times in the New Testament. Followers of Jesus Christ were first called Christians in Antioch. And this is where it gets rough. It says, because their behavior, activity, and speech were like Christ. Man, when I read that, I was like, am I really a Christian? Because there's so many times that my behavior, my activity, and my speech, they aren't much like Christ. And the word Christian literally means belonging to the party of Christ or a follower of Christ. Man, and this cut me so deep because I realized that as a Christian that I've been saved for a purpose. 
I've been rescued from so much sin and shame and hurt, and God has given me a new life and a new start. And the reality is, is I have a responsibility to share that with other people. I mean, why would we want, why would we not want everyone to know the freedom that we've experienced? If it is so good and we are so saved and we are following after Jesus and all of those things, we've been rescued from hell and all of those things, why would we not want to take other people with us? But yet we lack responsibility on the thing that we even build our life on. And I think that our life has way more meaning than to work a job, to build a career, to get more money, to go on vacation, to attend church. See, we need to live on purpose. Every single day, even in the little things, we wake up and say, God, who at my job today do you want me to encourage? God, give me the courage to share my story with somebody today. God, show me somebody that that needs a little bit extra help and help me to stop in the middle of my busy day and pay attention to someone else. Lord, help me be your hands and feet today. In 1 John 4.12, it says, No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. See, I ask myself all the time, If I am the only God that people see, I wonder if they're really seeing the right God. Because the reality is every interaction, every single thing that we do has purpose and has life. There is nothing in our life, no idle word, no idle action that is insignificant to what God can use to transform somebody else's life. You know, the church, I think, should be the most generous place on earth because we understand that the act of generosity was so ridiculous when God sent his son to save us. Why shouldn't we just take some time and slow down and reach others? I'm going to close out with this in Ephesians 3.21. It says this. It says, To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus. Then it says this, throughout all generations. It says throughout all generations. Throughout all generations. See, when God does immeasurably more, it doesn't just impact our life, but it's going to impact generations. And I think the very last thing that really matters if we want to see God do immeasurably more is the realization of our impact. Man, this whole, our whole culture, my whole life so many times is fixated on things that are instant. God, I need money now. I need you to fix this relationship now. I need you to to do this now. Everything is instant. But I think what God is most interested in is everlasting. And when God does immeasurably more, it's not to, to build what's happening in our life. It's going to impact generations. And I want you guys to lean in and I want you guys to to listen close to this. Our success in life, it doesn't lie in what we build, but in who we build. See, it's about people. 
every bit of our life, every bit of our church, every bit of our interactions is about people. We've been sharing with you guys over the course of this series about our immeasurably more building project and what God has totally blessed us with, with land in Parkland, Florida. That we can celebrate with what God is doing in, in our church at that campus and that we can be a part because we're one church in two locations. You know, God's provided us with this incredible opportunity where we can build this building and it's going to take a miracle. We have to come up with about $500,000 by the end of this year. But I believe I serve a God that does immeasurably more, that I'm not going to be the one that limits him to accomplish that. And October 23rd is coming up in a few weeks and we're going to do a special offering for that immeasurably more project. And what we would want you guys to do is pray. Pray and ask God, God, how do you want me to be a part of impacting not just my life, but the lives of people to come? I'm not asking you to give. I'm not asking you to do those things. I'm asking you to pray. And say, God, what would you want me to do? Because we need a miracle. This miracle isn't just going to get us a great building so that we can feel like, hey, Coastal's arrived. We're legit now because we got a permanent space. It's a tool in our hand that provides impact far greater than we could have ever imagined. See, our success as a church doesn't lie in what we build, but in who we build. And I believe that God wants to build people's futures. He wants to build their eternities. He's not thinking about a building. He's thinking about the future families and the kids and the singles that are going to meet their spouse and the marriages that are going to be restored and the addictions that are going to be broken. See, he's thinking about the people that will sit in the seats of that building who's changed for eternity. It doesn't lie in what we build, but in who we build. See, when God does immeasurably more, it's about impacting generations. And if you want to see God do immeasurably more in your life, make it about building his kingdom and not yours. See, it's about impacting lives that we don't even know about yet. I want to read you guys a, a story. It's a true story of a pastor. It says this, it says years ago, a preacher noticed a family standing in front of him at a New Orleans convenience store that didn't have enough money to pay for their few items. So he tapped the man on the shoulder and says, you don't need to turn around, but please accept this money. And the man took the money without ever seeing the preacher. And then nine years later, that pastor was invited to speak at a church in New Orleans. And after the service, a man walked up to the pastor and he began to share this story about how he had come to faith in Christ. And he said, several years ago, my wife and my child and I were, were destitute. We had lost everything. We had no jobs, no money, and we were living out of our car. 
we had lost all hope. And we agreed to a suicide pact, including our child. However, we decided to first give our son some food. So we drove to a convenience store to buy him some food and milk. And while we were standing in line at the store, we realized that we didn't have enough money to pay for the items. But a man behind us asked us to please take the money from his hand and not to look at him. And this man told us that Jesus loves you. We left the store and drove to our designated suicide site and we wept for hours. We couldn't go through with it, so we drove away. And as we drove, we noticed a church with a sign out front that said, Jesus loves you. We went to that church the very next Sunday and both my wife and I were saved that day. He then went on to tell the pastor, when you began speaking this morning, I knew immediately that you were the man who gave us that money. How did he know is because the pastor was originally from South Africa and had a very distinct accent. And he continued on and he said, your act of kindness was much more than a simple good deed. Three people are alive today because of it. There's one thing I want you guys to know today. You matter more than you think you do. Your contribution to relationships, your interactions with coworkers. There's nothing in your life that is idle or insignificant. So many of us are looking for greater purpose for our life. But I think there's so much in the little things that matter more than anything else. You matter more than you think you do.